Welcome to episode number 35. Today we are reading chapter number 22. Chapter 22 is called Leaving Europe. Small chapter this one today. We've got a few stories to hopefully beef it up a little bit. Enjoy. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Crashing Into Potential podcast where I give you the latest tips and tricks to help you stay on top of your mental game. My name is Scott B. Harris, and I'm the author of the book, Crashing in Potential, Living with My Injured Brain. It's a memoir that was written and published after a dirt bike accident that nearly took my life. In season two of this podcast, I will be reading part two of my book. Part two outlines how I chose to overcome the adversity that I faced. Strap yourself in because the show is about to start. Good evening, good morning, good afternoon, good night. Good day wherever you are in the world, whatever time it is in your neck of the woods. Welcome to the Crashing Into Potential podcast. Today we are reading chapter number 22. We're getting closer and closer to the end. Now chapter number 22 is called Leaving Europe. So this is the last, think about the last four months of my Europe uh, the Europe leg of my trip. Now, it's actually quite a, a, a very, very small chapter, only a few pages long. Um, there was a, a there was a lot of information that I that I had written in in the draft that had been taken out just to save on you know the word count and the amount of pages that we had. Um, and I don't think I don't think the 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 stories that I that I was telling. Maybe they didn't add much value to the to the to the book and to my journey, uh, my portrayal of my journey. So today I am going to be sharing a bit of that information with you and a few, few of the stories of the other places that I got to travel to. That I'm so 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 grateful that I got to travel to and uh, the places in the world that I got to see because they were all absolutely breathtaking. Every part of my trip in Europe, everything that I saw was breathtaking. And that's probably because I am from Australia and it was all new to me. So I really, really, really enjoyed it. And I hope you enjoy listening to me talking about enjoying, <laughs> enjoying it, um, if, if I can say that. Anyway, uh, before we get into uh, into the reading part of the podcast, the uh, the episode, I want to show my gratitude for you taking the time out of your day to listen to what I have to say. You see, time is the most precious resource that we can never get back. So I really appreciate you spending the most valuable asset listening to me listening to me talk and giving me feedback on on the podcast and, and sending me messages it's really been 
such a such a such a delight to 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 listen to the the audience and listen to what they have to say and the, the thanks and the gratitude they're sending back to me or you guys are sending back to me so thank you for that before I do start reading though I'm going to show uh, share with you three things that I'm grateful for and I'd like you to do the same so if there's no one around just think about it to yourself just think about three things that you're grateful for today it could be today it could be this week it could be this year it just in life in general what are you grateful for Three things that I'm grateful for is one is my partner's health. At this time of our lives, uh, her health is extremely important. Uh, I will get into that when I finish the book, uh, but let's just, just 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 know that her her health is important. The second thing that I'm grateful for is my own health. My own health is super important because I suffer from asthma. And with COVID-19 um, still lingering around the world, it's for me to be ill with COVID would not be a good thing. When I get ill, you know, the first thing to, 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 to happen is I generally get a chest infection and that will, that will send me, when I was younger, it sent me to hospital quite a few times, but now I know how to manage it quite well. Um, as I, as I get older. Um, and the third thing that I'm grateful for is my presentations that I've been able to do recently. Uh, they have been, I've been loving doing the presentations and the feedback that I'm getting from those presentations is just so good, so good. It feels so good to know that you're bringing value to other people's lives, not just in this podcast, but you now in 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 person when I'm doing my keynote speaking and 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 presenting and workshops, and knowing that the value is actually, the value is actually um, is is taken on board, and people are enjoying it. So, thank you for everyone. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, I don't have I don't have any more things to say, uh, so I'm going to get into it. Let's go. After recovering from the anxiety leading up to getting the visa, the rest of my time in Europe was just fun and games for me. I moved on to visit and revisit another ten countries, where I met so many incredible people, many of whom I still keep in contact with to this day. I continued to learn from every mistake I made. Backpacking in Europe for almost four more months with a brain injury meant that I was bound to catch a few snags. I did I did miss a few trains and buses, but considering the number I didn't miss, I was happy. Travelling around Europe was definitely the most challenging but rewarding part of my trip. In the latter part of my time there, I found, my, found that my social anxiety seemed to stop circling me. By meeting new people and making so many new friends, it felt as though my social anxiety was all but gone. The growth that I experienced during those months was out of this world. My cognition in the form of my memory and my ability to organize, plan, concentrate and take the initiative had all been enhanced tenfold. It wasn't just my experience in Germany that contributed to my rehabilitation, but my whole European experience. 
The staff at Epworth knew that this was going to be the case. So I guess that's why they gave me exercises based around travelling all those years ago. We are now on page 164. The skills that I developed in Europe are the skills I still use to this day and I'm so grateful that I had the opportunity to make them grow despite my injured brain. Now, I'm just going to go out of the book here and uh, spend a bit of time talking about the countries that got taken out of the out of the book and some of the experiences I had because I had another I had another 4 months in Europe so a lot of things happened during that time so I'll try and remember as much as I can for you and a good idea is to jump on the show notes you can find them at www.scottbharris.com.au/podcast and go to episode number 35 And check out all of the pictures as I'm reading through the countries. Check out all the pictures that I have uploaded to that uh, to that page, and that way it'll give you a bit more of an idea of of what um, what what the place looked like, and it'll give you a bit of a visual aid to it. So when I flew out of Germany, I flew to Rome in Italy. Uh, when I got there, it was in the middle of summer and it was stinking hot. It was so, so hot in the city and it was about 40 degrees. But because the whole city is full of stone, uh, that reflects the heat straight back up at you. Up at you. So 40 degrees feels like 80 degrees. And that actually reminds me of another time. I'm quickly going off off the off the off the topic again. Uh, quickly it reminds me of a time in uh, in 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 Athens when I went up to the Acropolis. I walked up to the the Acropolis, and that's all stone. Like every single square inch of that of, of that um, of that hill is stone, and it's a smooth stone like marble. Uh, marble. And I walked up the up to the Acropolis with uh, with thongs, and that was like literally like walking on hot plates with thongs. It was it was very very hard, and they kept um, they kept sticking to they kept sticking to the stone, and I couldn't exactly just take them off and walk around bare feet, or else I would have had burnt feet. So that was a very good lesson I learned. And when I went to Italy. Uh, and walked around the city. I made sure that I was wearing some some shoes. So I stayed there for a few days, and then uh, about four days, I think. And then I went down, uh, travelled down south to Napoli. Napoli is the home of the margarita, where the where the margarita was first ever thought of, or first ever invented, or can't really invent a pizza but the it was first ever come up with and that came up a guy a, a chef a famous chef um down there back in 18 1889 he was asked to make a pizza for the queen of italy that was was coming down um that was coming down to napoli to visit and her, her name was uh, margarita of savoy and he made a pizza for her, and that is the margarita that we all know. And that is the end of that story. All right, so I so I went down to Napoli, and, and the hostel that I stayed at, I just booked a hostel on hostel.com, and I stayed at a hostel that was comp- all completely run by, uh, this time was completely run by um, 
uh, Kiwis. They're all, all New Zealanders. And when I got to the hostel, it was actually on the fifth floor and there were no lifts. So that was was not accessible and it was, uh, it was a bit annoying. But anyway, I went up there and I stayed there for a few days. And in that time, I went down to visit a... Uh, a ruins of uh, Pompeii. So Pompeii was a town that got uh, got destroyed by a volcano, and the whole town was basically mummified uh, from all of the lava that went through it. And if you're looking at my pictures, you will see somebody just sitting there and all curled up, which was obviously the position that they were in when the volcano came through and destroyed the town. So that was on one of the days. Uh, on the other days, I just kind of walked around, I guess, and took, I can't remember if I took any photos. I can't really find any photos from that, uh, from that part. I didn't, I didn't enjoy that city much because it was a very dirty city. I found it very dirty, and, um, and then when it, because it was hot as well, it just wasn't, I didn't find it a very nice place to go. Then when I, so I left Napoli and went to the airport to catch the uh, catch plane to Barcelona. Now I got to the uh, got to the airport super 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 early, like I like I tried to do for every other flight, and I got there and realised that the time that it takes the the the, the flight left uh, Napoli was actually. I looked at it and it was actually the time that he'd arrived in Barcelona. But because I was there quite early, I, I literally only missed that plane by about about half an hour um, because it is a very short flight from uh, Napoli to Barcelona. So I had to catch a train back to... I, I didn't go back to Napoli. I went to a town, a little town south of... Uh, south of Pompeii called Sorrento. Now there was, I had a, the friend that I met on the on one of the tours. He had a house. He was an Australian guy, but his dad was Italian, and his dad had a house in that town. So I went back to that town, but I but I obviously I knew that he wasn't there. But he told me that I really need to go check out the the town, and I really wish I had have gone down to Sorrento instead of Napoli and stayed there because it was it was it was such a such a nice, better, cute little town. So I went to a hostel there um, for the night, and I stayed in a room. It was a, so it was four it was four beds in the room. And I was on my own, and I thought, uh, I knew there were other people in it, but uh, I didn't see them before I went to bed. And I woke up at about about 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning, because they had just come back from the, the, they obviously had a night on the town, and they were drunk, and they were just making so much noise. And they turned the light on, which I just, that really, really, really pissed me off. And they were, there was, there were three Russian guys. So I didn't understand anything they were saying. They were just talking in their language and making, making me really angry. And so I decided that when I got up, uh, when I got up 
the next morning because I had to get up really early. I think my flight was at about seven or something. Anyway, so I got up and I made so much noise. I got up and I put my music on as uh, as I did often when I had a shower. Uh, I I uh, I had my shower. I left my music running, and then I walked out of the shower back to my bed. I left the door open. The music was blasting, and that was just that would have hopefully hopefully would have pissed them off as well. Uh, just that was my little win for the day. And then I caught the plane to uh, caught uh, caught the plane. Sorry, I'm not didn't catch the plane to Barcelona. I caught the plane to Valencia. Oh, so I caught the plane that day to Valencia. And I went, uh, we went, I was on a, on a three-day, it was a three-day tour that I went to uh, La Tomatina. La Tomatina. La Tomatina is a tomato-throwing festival where everybody, where they dump like seven, uh, seven trucks full of tomatoes in the center of the town and everyone just throws tomatoes at each other. It's odd. It was uh, that was that was pretty cool, I guess. Um, then after after Valencia, I went up to Barcelona. I stayed there for a few days, and I visited uh, all of the all of the, uh, the 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 sites around Barcelona. One of them was the the Sagrada Familia, which is a church that has been under construction since eighteen eighty three, and the the church still is not finished. So this church. This church is absolutely massive, and the architecture that has gone into it was absolutely crazy. A guy named Gaudi, he was Gaudi, he was Gordy, Gaudi, whatever you, however you want to pronounce his name. Gaudi was uh, an architect in uh, in Spain, and he around Barcelona he had quite a number of um, number of different architecture buildings and things that he created around that around the city and his architecture is really really defined and you can when you go and see that and if you're looking through the pictures in the show notes you will see his architecture in there and then you you'll be able to go in and see there's a few there's a few pictures of uh, of inside the Sagrada Familia uh, and you can tell that 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 the the architect architecture is just next level then when I left Barcelona, I made my way down to Lagos in Portugal. So I had to had to catch a fast train to Madrid, and then I caught an overnight train to Lisbon, and then I caught a, um, a just a normal train down to Lagos. And Lagos, I stayed there. Lagos is another one of the uh, one one of the um, one of the places in the world that I travelled that was full of Australians. Now it was full of Australians because uh, because Lagos is known for its surf break, and because many 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 Australians surf, that's a very popular place to go. So the the hostel that I stayed in down there was run by all Australian blokes, and so that was pretty cool. And then after after Lagos, uh, I went up to Lisbon for about oh, a couple of days, and then I travelled up to Madrid, and I stayed in Madrid now for about four four more days, and then looked around at all the tourist things that we that you look at uh, when you go to a city, uh, and then I moved on, and I went to uh, San Sebastian. Now San Sebastian is right up near the border. Uh, between uh, between Spain and 
uh, Spain, Spain and France. It's right on the north coast of Spain. And San Sebastian is the home of the Pintos. Uh, a Pintos bar is a bar that you go into and on, on the bar there are just plates and plates and plates and plates of food. And then you just pick whatever you want to eat and then you just pay for whatever it is that you're going to eat. So I arrived there on the last day of the season. So, well, it was the day after the last day of the season and that they had a massive, massive party the night before and uh i which i obviously missed uh they had a massive party and the street was absolutely filthy and there was everyone was cleaning up the streets uh, at at san sebastian i went to the guggenheim museum which is the first guggenheim museum i'd been to i didn't go to the one in uh, in amsterdam it's actually the only one i've ever been to so I left uh, left San Sebastian and I made my way up to uh, up to I went to I was on my way to London and I stopped in at Paris for a couple of days, had a look around Paris, and I then went up to London uh, and I stayed. That was when I caught up with the guy that I met down in Crete, down in the south of Crete in, at, at, at Pluckius, and I stayed in his hostel for a couple of nights. And then I, after I left, uh, I left that hostel. I went and stayed at another hostel where two friends from the tour around Scandinavia, where they were staying, and I stayed there for about. I ended up staying there for about a week, and I caught up with Amy um, one one night, and we went around taking photos together. Um, Amy was the the girl that I met down in Prague uh, at the. Kutnahora is the one, Kutnahora Museum, the, the Bones Church. Um, so I went and caught up with her, and then after I flew, uh, after I flew back to Germany, uh, where I caught up with some friends from back in Australia, they came over and they were going to uh, the Oktoberfest festival. And you will see in, in, uh, in the photos, if you're looking through them, uh, all the photos, I had uh, taken or some of the photos that I'd taken around Oktoberfest. After Oktoberfest, I was on my way to a Budapest in Hungary and I stopped in. Uh, the reason I was going to Budapest was because I wanted to attend um, a, a, a thing called a Sparty and I'll talk about that in just a moment when, when I go down there. But I dropped in before that, I dropped in uh, into Vienna in Austria for a few days and then when I left Austria, I went to Budapest and I arrived there on a Sunday. And the, uh, the, the party that I wanted to go to is a party that happens every Saturday night. Every Saturday night at the, at the spas that they have. They have all these spas around the, around the city uh, where you can go and just relax. But every, um, every Saturday night in the spas... They have a party with DJs, and it was that was something that I really wanted to go. I can't remember who told me about that, but I wanted to to head down that way and to see them. So I got there on a Sunday, and I had to stay there for a week if I wanted to go to one. And the hostel that I stayed with, uh, that I stayed at in Hungary, in Budapest, was run by an Australian girl. 
So that was pretty cool. And I met uh, there was there was three guys from New York City that that were staying at that hostel, and I hung out with with those three for the whole week. And then on the Friday, uh, the Friday, I told um, I told these guys what I was doing, and I was going to go to that party. And then uh, on the Sunday, I was going to leave. And two of them decided that they were going to leave Budapest, but one of the guys, one of the guys in the group, really wanted to go to the party, and he stayed with me uh, another night in Budapest, and then he was going to catch up with with them. Um, at a later stage in their travels. So I got on really, really well with these guys from New York City. They lived in Brooklyn. And I've, um, later on in the trip, when I, went, when, I went to, when I went to Brooklyn, I caught back up with these guys. So it's, it, was, it was a really good experience to be able to meet someone on one side of the world and then travel to the other side of the world and, and meet up with them again. And it really just, it really made the world seem so much smaller than it really is. So it was time to leave, uh, it was time to leave uh, Budapest and I still had uh, a couple of weeks before I was to fly out of Rome. So I looked on, I looked on the map, on Google Map and Maps and between my, uh, between Budapest and Rome, I just pointed to a city and said, Oh, I'm going to go and stay there. That was um, it was uh, the city was Slovenia. Never heard of well, I'd heard of this, but I'd never planned on traveling to this city before. And then I got there, and it was just it was such a surprise at how beautiful this little city was. And because it was the end of the season, it was very uh, a lot lot more quiet as well, which I I think I found. Really nice because uh, I was able to go around and take photos of the place um, on my own and not really be uh, annoyed or distracted by anyone. Uh, and I, I made, I made, I met, I met people there that I that I that I hung out with all week, which was still cool. But it's just that the 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 city wasn't full of tourists. So I booked a booked a, a hostel in Slovenia in Ljubljana, which is the capital. And I don't know what I was thinking, but I didn't really have much much of a plan uh, in place to get to the hostel after I'd gotten to the airport, uh, oh, sorry, gotten to the train station. And I didn't know where it was, and I didn't have any maps or anything, and I hadn't saved anything on my computer. I just kind of winged it. And when I arrived there, I arrived there at about 1.30am, which wasn't really good because I arrived at, a, at the station and I didn't know where I was going to go. And so I walked, I, I, I walked out of the station and I walked towards somewhere. I walked down the street and there was a Macca's there that I went to and that was closed, uh, but I sat on the front, uh, the, on the front steps of the Macca's and I, and I use their Wi-Fi, which was a very, very good thing when you're traveling around the world, going to a McDonald's to get Wi-Fi. A lot of travelers do it, and it, it, it's an absolute lifesaver with their, with their free with their free Wi-Fi. So I finally found the hostel, and then I got in a cab and I went to the hostel. Now there was a bar at the hostel, and then when I got into that bar in the hostel, 
I see behind the bar was a girl that I had met in Germany months prior to that. And she told me when I was in Germany that I should go down to Slovenia and Ljubljana and go and visit it because it's such a nice place. But I had completely forgotten about that conversation. And when I saw her, it was just, uh, it was just, it was such a, such a great surprise. So I hung out, I hung out in Ljubljana for about five days, four, four or five days. And then I made my way over back to Italy and to Florence. I stayed in Florence and I met, uh, I met up with a girl that I went to, that I was, that I was friends with uh, in high school. Uh, Monique, so shout out to Monique if you're listening. Uh, I met up with her, and she she runs a tour company called uh, Tours of Tuscany with her mum in uh, in Tuscany around around the Italian Italian countryside. And we caught we 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 went around one day to um, just uh, some different sites around Tuscany, which was really 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 nice surprise as well. Then after 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 Florence, I had still had about another I was about another five days before I before I was flying out. So I decided to go around to Nice, which is in France, on the on the on the coast on the coast in France. So I went to Nice and I stayed uh, in a hostel there, and there was uh, three uh, three Swiss people, three three young Swiss. Um, students i think they were uh, that were living there i uh, sorry, not living there they were they were traveling there uh, one of them was living there and studying in nice and the other two had come and come to visit her so i hung out with them for a few days and then i caught a train back to from there I, when we were there we also went to monaco for the day for a day which i've put pictures up on uh, in the show notes of our time in monaco so I left I left Nice and I caught the train back to Rome. And I was on the train for uh for about 8 hours. Uh there was a few trains I caught but the big one was for about 8 hours. And I was sitting I didn't actually have a seat on that train. So I had to stand up quite a bit but there was a there was a there was a group of ladies. They were Italian ladies that were sitting down, and they uh, they sort of moved over and gave me a seat. And <laughs> these guy, uh, these guys, none of them spoke uh, a word of English. There was another girl there that that was sitting beside me that she spoke a little bit of English, uh, but but the ladies did not speak a single word of English, and I managed to talk and laugh with them for eight hours um i don't i can't don't don't ask me how that happened but we had an awesome time uh so i'm not going to shout out to these these ladies because i know they're not listening because they don't understand english but that was really 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 cool that i was able to put myself out there and just by the by that time of my travels I was really, really confident in starting conversations with complete random people, complete random people, and it really, really built my built my confidence up. 
So that was a really, really good way to end my my Europe leg of the trip. So that was Europe. Now there were a lot more. There were a lot more, um, a lot more stories that I could add in, but I'm not going to. Uh, it, that give you it gave you a good idea of the last part of of my my Europe leg. Basically, all the way around for the for the for the for the last part of Europe, the last four months, I just felt so relaxed and I put myself out so much more than I had ever 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 done in the past. So that was really 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 good for just for my whole uh, well being, I guess. Uh, so that's the end of that story. Okay, back to the book. My last night in Europe was in Rome. I had recently visited Nice and Monte Carlo, and the next stop would be Canada. Before I nodded off to sleep, I decided to go onto my computer and double-check my flight times that I had saved. This was a hassle, because it would require undoing my locks, getting out my computer, logging on, searching through my emails, turning it off, putting it away, closing the bag, and locking it up again. This may, this may be easy enough, but after doing it for the hundredth time with one working arm, trust me when I say that it was a hassle. I had in my head a certain time that I remembered reading when I first booked my flight. Well, it turned out that that was my arrival time, not my departure time, and I in- instantly knew that I was a goner. Going out of the book quickly, um, so... <laughs> Obviously, I didn't learn my lesson from the last time that I missed a plane uh, down in Rome. Um, so hopefully, hopefully, the second time round, I learned my lesson. All right, back to the book. My flight had taken off two hours before I made this discovery, and I went into meltdown. My experience on my experiences on the trip showed me that when some when someone has a problem that doesn't affect me. I can usually solve it, but when the problem is mine, I can't handle it. This is the same for most people, but with an injured brain, the feeling is amplified. Every side effect of the brain injury came out to play that night in Rome. Once again, my anxiety was screaming at my impulsiveness, which was running around like crazy trying to mess with my cognitive dysfunction, which was trying to organize my emotions into a relatively functional order. But this time, the only thing I could think to do was to ring mum. It was in the middle of the night for her, and deep in sleep, she got a, got a call from her desperate son in Italy. I had crashed, and my confidence was in tatters. After all I had been through in the past seven months, why did I call my mum at the first sign of a problem? It might be hard to understand my state of mind in, in, that, in that situation, but I honestly felt like a failure. As I look back on that failure, I can now see it for what it was. I didn't know what to do about booking an international flight. The pressure that had built up in my mind was astronomical, and I was wandering, I was wandering around lost and way out of my comfort zone. We're now on page 165. If I had slept on it, I would have figured out a way to overcome my problem. But in that moment, I lost balance and fell into the safety net of my mother's arms. It ended up taking mum a few hours to get me back on the rails again, and I flew out the following day. Thanks mum. Bless. 
My original plan was to end the trip in Europe and fly home, but after spending the winter in Canada the first time round, I thought that I might like to go and do it all again, but I wasn't sure. I needed some encouragement. Jasmine told me she would be moving moving from Montreal over to Vancouver for the winter to work with a French immersion school. Although we hadn't been in close contact since Greece, I knew that I could stay with her until I went up to the mountain. This was the first piece of encouraging news. The next came when Matt, who I had met at Sun Peaks, said he was going back to Canada to do a different mountain, Big White, and that we should rent a house together. He mentioned that he'd like to spend another winter there and that he had a few people with him who also, who also wanted to come over. This was another great reason to go back to Canada for round two. And that is the end of that chapter. Okay, I'm just going to quickly read the first paragraph of the next chapter before I hit the road. Okay. As I walked through the arrival gate, I was excited to be back and didn't feel naive the way I had felt the first time I arrived in Vancouver. There, waiting for me, was Jasmine. As soon as I saw her, I f- as soon as I saw her, I felt as if I had fallen back into the safety net. Now, back into the safety net. Now that I was with Jasmine in her home country, I was totally back in my comfort zone. Okay, that's it. Okay, that is all from me today. This week's chapter was really fun to read because, well, not the reading part, but I was reliving everything that I'd everything that I'd done and on my travels uh, for the for the for the for the end uh, end of the Europe, uh, the second half of the Europe leg. And it really just took my mind back to all the really cool things that I got to do. And I'm just so, so, so grateful for all the opportunities that I've had, uh, that I've had when I was traveling and the opportunities that I had to meet people. And I'm really grateful just for the effort and the hard work that I've put, that, that I've put in to be able to do that and to to go where I went and just it just makes me so happy to be able to talk about it and to be able to share um, share the stories with other other people. So we're getting to the end of the book and after after I read the book I might spend an episode talking about how I wrote the book. So I will talk about how I managed to remember everything through my recovery with uh, a memory problem. Because there's a little bit of a science to what I have, uh, what I've done. Okay, that's it from me today. Uh, this week, please be kind to other people. Be kind to other people um, and pay it forward. Uh, pay it forward. I did a presentation yesterday and they were talking about uh, a, a module that they have at their school um, in the VCAL, which is uh, which is a module called uh, Pay It Forward, which is about going out and 
doing good things for other people and I just think that's think that is such a good thing to be teaching young people that feel like they don't owe anything to the world which is definitely not the best mindset to have okay until next week you do you and I'll do me keep smiling and the world will be a better place okay that's it I'm out see ya Thanks for tuning in to the Crashing Into Potential podcast. I really appreciate your support. You guys are the reason that I do this. So if you haven't already, hit me up at The Injured Brain, wherever you get your social media fix. And don't forget to rate, review, and share this podcast far and wide so that you can help me spread my message. See you in the next episode.